Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. May the words of my mouth and meditations of all our hearts be acceptable on thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? Where else are we to look? Why do we stand looking up toward heaven? Because I don't know where else to look. The Wall Street Journal recently noted that after uh, decades, advances in healthcare and safety steadily drove down death rates among American children. But an alarming reversal, rates have now risen to the highest levels in 15 years, driven particularly by homicides, gun violence, drug overdose, car accidents, and suicides. And though COVID-19 was not one of those major contributors to uh, the lifespan of children, researchers say that the social disruption that COVID-19 caused um, had worsening anxiety and depression upon kids. Greater access to firearms, dangerous driving, and more lethal narcotics all help push up death rates. The article highlighted one family, Joshua Gillen, was 11 years old when the pandemic hit and his suburban middle school was closed. He'd grown up confident with lots of friends, played baseball, rode his bike in the dirt. The shutdowns caused a temporary break from organized sports and an um, indefinite hiatus occurred. His mom watched as his once confident son began to begin to doubt himself and show greater and graver levels of anxiety. She says, when COVID hit, our child that was never depressed suddenly became depressed. She and her husband found drugs in Joshua's backpack, and they realized that he was self-medicating. They sought counseling and, um, and medications to try to help manage his depression and his anxiety. They thought things were on the upswing. After a family trip to Disney World, Joshua, age 14, started high school and seemed excited about meeting new people. It was Friday night after the first week of his freshman year, and she had brought home Sonic hamburgers that she and her son ate together. He told his mother about the girl that he wanted to ask out to the homecoming dance, and Kim began to uh, plan to get him a mum a Texas tradition that he could give to his date. Joshua went to his room for the night while his mother packed for a business trip the next morning. She thought, she told her husband, I think that our efforts are finally working and things are turning around. I feel so good about everything. We've turned the corner, she said confidently. The next morning, she goes to say goodbye to Joshua before her planned trip and found his body cold and lifeless in bed. An autopsy showed that he had died from a fentanyl overdose. We thought we were doing all the right things, she said. Men of Galilee, why are you standing looking up towards heaven? 
Where else are we to look? Luther says of the ascension that it is not the same as simply just climbing from the ground floor to like climbing to the top of a house. Luther says it means that the, in the ascension that Jesus above all creatures. And that strangely, it means that Jesus is closer to us than any other creature is close to us. Luther warns of the temptation of sin and how sin can often lead us to despair and sadness. But Luther proclaims confidently in the ascension that sin has no power, that sin in Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension has been taken captive, and its tyranny is ended. Paul says as much in today's reading in Ephesians, God raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places. God's throne is not an unmanned throne. It is occupied by the man who contains all of humanity with himself. In other words, God's throne contains us as well. It is not simply just Jesus looking down upon us. It is Jesus who has taken us up with God the Father. N.T. Wright says that this divine throne is crowded with humanity. The ascension of Jesus, he says, is not our way of going beyond the stars into another dimension. Jesus, um, who has gone there, is the, Jesus, the human Jesus. People sometimes, when we talk about Jesus, talk about as Jesus started out divine, and then he temporarily became human, and then he became divine again, and it goes kind of like back and forth. But the ascension rules out this notion that Jesus is sometimes human and sometimes divine. What it means what it means is that we are never oppressed by the world again because it affirms the true and lasting value of being human. Human is not some sort of lesser creation. No, Jesus takes our humanity and rises us to the right hand of God. The risen Jesus was more human, not less human. His risen humanness, right, says, is the affirmation of the previous humanness. But now it's without the frailty and the dying Jesus' resurrection is God's way of saying there is such a thing as genuine humanness, that human life is not some sick joke promising everything and giving nothing. Men of Galilee, why are you looking up to heaven? Because where else is there for us to look? This past week, I was um, at a conference and in the conference, it was filled with pastors of various faith traditions. We all sort of expressed a similar feeling um, of helplessness, of hopelessness. So many people don't look to God for their answers. They look for their political allegiances to give the answers to life's deepest questions. 
sowing division and anger and hatred and competition. We seek the political answer, not the answer that God has given. Why do we look to the elephant or to the donkey when it is Jesus who is the lamb who is reigning from heaven? Jesus in the ascension is even more human than we could even imagine. That Jesus is in even more control than what we thought. And maybe what we have to do is to let go of some of our power and our control and let Jesus be in charge. To undo our human temptation and let God be God. Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? Because there's nowhere else to look. Amen.